the other one, I was really, really lucky. I bought a ticket and went to go see him by myself in New York City to see Springsteen on Broadway this summer. And that show is, I mean, for anybody who's seen it, it's incredible. It's the first time I went to a concert and cried for two hours straight. Because <laughs> everything, it's just the way he told all the stories and, and how, I mean, he's really an amazing, amazing story. And I worried about, I worried about being able to, I worried about the show feeling authentic. I mean, he's doing a scripted show over and over again. But it felt so real and so personal. And I was, you know, I was in the third row and you're just so close to him. It was like really having him in your house playing these songs for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lessing Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and joining me tonight is Chris House. Hayes. 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 Yep. Uh, thank you. I should have asked that before we hit recorded. Uh, that's the beauty of editing. No, no, I'm kidding. Uh, Chris, welcome to the show. Uh, tell us a little about yourself. Yeah, uh, well, I'm a big uh, Bruce Springsteen fan here in the heart of uh, Minnesota. I live in Minneapolis. Uh, me and my girlfriend and our dog, our 12-year-old dog, Newton. And uh, I've just been a big Bruce Springsteen fan since about my early 20s. So um, I'm just excited to be, be on and talk talk about my hero. Well, that is so great. I am very cool. Um, I always like to start at the beginning. So talk about where did you grow up and uh, what kind of music did your family listen to? Yeah, well, I grew up, uh, I grew up on a farm in southern Minnesota, so very okay. south rural Minnesota. My hometown uh, was 200 people. Uh, my class, until our, our schools consolidated with other towns, was 13 people. And I was related to about eight of them. <laughs> yeah. So I come from a very small rural community. And music for uh, growing up was pretty much non-existent in my family. My folks were hardworking, uh, listened to the farm report. Occasionally, I would get some AM radio coming through on my grandma's radio in her kitchen while she was making lunch or making dinner. Um, so I didn't listen to much music with my family growing up. And it was about uh, maybe my sophomore year of high school. A friend of mine was really into the Beatles and just lent me a copy of a, a Beatles CD. And it was like a door just blew open in my mind. And I've been a hardcore rock and roll music fan since that moment. So Chris, were, uh, were no kind of music, like they weren't, you know, as we call it down South, you know, church going people with, you know, religious music or just. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we had like maybe 10 vinyl records in the house. Okay. Uh, we didn't, they didn't get spun very much. I, I did okay. grow up Catholic. So there was a lot of Catholic music, a lot of Christmas music around the holidays. Okay. Okay. Uh, but by and large, my folks were listening to talk radio and listening to farm reports. Okay. And I think that's why when I finally got exposed to it later on that, I just, I was all in, like, I'm just making up for all this lost time. Yeah. Where has this music been? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, when you did, you like, okay, let's talk a little bit more. You, you discover the Beatles and uh, so that was your gateway drug, right? Yeah. Talk to me about what, what were the next steps? What else did you do? 
Yeah, I got, I went, it was like I experienced the Beatles again, um, like as if they were happening uh, to me at that moment. I bought sure. all the records in chronological order and I got really, really into the songwriting part of it. I was uh, just blown away that they were writing their own music and how I never really had thought about that before. And from moving on from the Beatles to other uh, songwriters and performers, uh, it was the songwriting piece. I really, really, really was after okay. uh, folks who wrote songs. And I think with the Beatles originally, it was the melodies that pulled me in. And later on with, with Bob Dylan and then ultimately Bruce Springsteen, it was the lyrics and the musicianship that really sucked me in. Okay. Uh, do you remember when you discovered Bruce and can you articulate why he spoke to you so much? Yeah. Uh, so I, by and large, was aware of, but not really into Bruce, uh, all the way up until maybe my, oh gosh, how old was I? In 2002. Okay. Um, so I was born in 78. So I was around 24, 25. And, um, you know, he was getting a lot of press for The Rising uh, about to be released. And I had some friends that were really, really into Bruce Springsteen. And by this time, I was playing in a band and writing my own songs, and we were gigging out quite a bit, but I never really listened to much Bruce. And so uh, some buddies of mine were really starting to get on me. Like, if you're listening to Dylan and you like singer-songwriters, um, you have to listen to Bruce Springsteen. Okay, my yeah, head, sure. He's the born in the USA, dancing in the dark guy that was really popular in the 80s. And I didn't have any sort of understanding of anything he'd done prior to that and after. It was just like this huge black hole in my understanding of... <laughs> Yeah. what Bruce had done. And uh, a friend of mine gave me a copy of The Wild, The Innocent, and The E Street Shuffle. And uh, it sat, the CD sat in my car for probably a week before I actually put it on at a long drive home uh, from a gig that my, my band had played and was driving home by myself. And I was like, what in the world is this? This is Bruce Springsteen. And it, that record just I can't even describe how blown away I was. I can't believe it. I couldn't believe it was the same person that sang Born in the USA. Um, and I'm a fan of that record and that song, but it just seemed like I couldn't believe the layers and the levels of diversity he had in his musicianship and his songwriting. Mm -hmm. So from there, I did kind of the same thing I did with the Beatles. It's like, I'm going to stop right here. I'm going to go back and buy all his records in a row, <laughs> all the way up through to the rising uh, and just listen to them in order as they're released. And it was like one of the, it rivals that Beatles experience in my high school years is just one of the most amazing experiences in my life. And just walking around and trying to convince people who already were fans, like, do you understand how great Bruce Springsteen is? <laughs> no, you don't understand, right? Like, no, right? you don't understand. Yeah. That's, that's um, hilarious. Yeah. And around that time, lucky for me, you know, he put out the rising, which I think is just one of his greatest records. Um, I agree. It just stands the test of time. It, you know, not all, I mean, maybe some of the newer records over time will sink in a little bit more with me, but that record really resonated with me from the first track to the last track. How old were you about this, about this time? I was 24, 25 years old. Okay. And was, was, did you lose anyone on 9-11 or was it just the music somehow spoke to you? No, it just really spoke to me. And I think um, just how somebody could tell a, the story of, <sighs> of that time right? how a lot of people felt. And I think he could really paint the picture for how people across the country felt. Yeah. And I think he was also telling really good stories about if you had lost somebody or you knew somebody, um, 
that was lost on that day. I mean, he was trying to make you step into their shoes and feel it a little bit. Not that you really can, but it really kind of heightened the empathy for the people that had to really experience that firsthand. I mean, we all did as Americans, but yeah. people that actually lost a loved one, it's it's really an amazing thing to listen to those songs and think, my God, how, yeah. how uh, awful that must feel. You know, it, it, you know, one of my favorite movies is um, an old John Ford movie, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. And, um, you know, when the legend is better than the truth, you print the legend. So <laughs> um, whether it's true or not, I want it to be true that, you know, someone we need you, Bruce, you know, after right. 9-11 and, and, you know, when it comes to this, um, it is. It, gosh, and you think about, um, and I told the story multiple times on the podcast, so I know you haven't heard it, Chris, but uh, my listeners have, so I apologize, listeners. Um, I had a guy on earlier this year, and he was talking about that he was a huge fan, and he was at the uh, reunion tour, mm-hmm. like in the late 90s, right? Yeah, yeah. And he said he remembered sit standing in the pit in the middle of the show going, this is it. This is the ultimate it's ever going to be. He said, you know, they, they've broken apart. They've come back. They've toured. They, they sound great. And maybe every three or four years, they'll do a greatest hits tour. But, you know, as an E Street band member, we have reached the ultimate. Yeah. And he said, I think back on that. And I said, I would want to pull that guy aside and go, you have the rising, you have wrecking ball, you have magic, you have Broadway, you have Western stars, you have an autobiography and you have letter to you coming like, no, no, no. That was that was halftime, right? right? Like this is, there was a, there's a whole nother second half of a game for them to do. Uh, And and I really do think that the rising started that kind of almost the second wind as a creative person. Yeah. It really seemed, it seemed like it did, you know, Um, I kind of lost sight of everything in the nineties for still doesn't quite with me as like quintessential Bruce. Still good. Yeah, uh, but it's everything prior to the '90s and after the '90s that really yeah. just sticks out in my mind is the stuff that's the most meaningful. Sure, absolutely. So I always like to preface this, Chris, with the amount of times you've seen Bruce live is not a fair barometer of how big of a fan you are. Yeah, right. Uh, right. Depending on your age, where you live, um, economic situations, it can be very difficult to see Bruce but for the record have you gotten to see him and if so have you counted the shows I have and I believe I'm up to very very lucky to say that I'm up to eight good very nice eight yeah okay very nice what was your first show my first show was the rising tour here in uh, Minnesota you played St. Paul at the XL Energy Center okay went and I brought my little sister with me so she would have been 15 at the time right um and it was uh, it was unbelievable to see him live. Yeah, <laughs> we, were, we were on the floor. Uh, we weren't in the very pit, but we were right at the fence near the pit. So we had like a nice break and a really good sight line from the floor to see him. Um, and you know, I, that was the first time I looked at him and thought, "My God, he looks so young." 
mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but as soon as he comes out and in the, you know, I can remember him like just first time he raises his Telecaster in the air and counts the band in. Like, it's just, it's unbelievable. Um, everybody who's seen him would get that. Or if you can get the same vibe from seeing live on TV as well, it's yeah. just an experience. Mm-hmm. Any stories from shows you want to share? I think, man, I think the one show that really stood out, uh, there's two shows, actually. The first okay. one was the Vote for Change tour he did in 2004. 2004 during the Jerry uh, run-up. And it, so it was him and R.E.M. and John Fogarty and Brad Eyes. Neil Young showed up out of nowhere. I'm going to interrupt you just for a moment. Uh, I just recorded another podcast. Yeah. And uh, the guy who I was on was at that show as well. Oh really? Yes. Yeah. 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 It was awesome. It was, um, I mean, it was just crazy. And at the end, you know, they played rock in the free world with Neil Young. And, but I think the part that sticks out to me the most is Bruce came out and played born in the USA. Like he does an acoustic instrumentally Yeah. and then kicked it or no, sorry. He played the national anthem and then went into a little bit born in the USA. And then the whole thing, the whole band kicked in at born in the USA. And I think I was so proud I was just proud of Bruce and proud to be a Bruce fan and uh, everything that he was trying to stand for in that moment. Just yeah. really felt good. Um, you know, not to get political about anything, but no, no, I like, understand the power, the power of rock and roll music. It, it's an amazing thing. Um, so mm-hmm. that's one moment that sticks out to me. Yeah. The other one, I was really, really lucky. I bought a ticket and went to go see him by myself in New York city to see Bruce Springsteen on Broadway this summer. And that show is, I mean, for anybody who's seen it, it's incredible. It's the first time I went to a concert and cried for two hours straight. Because <laughs> everything, it, just the way he told all the stories and, and how, I mean, he's really an amazing, amazing story. And I worried about, I worried about being able to, I worried about the show feeling authentic. I mean, he's doing a scripted show over and over again, but it felt so real and so personal. And I was, you know, I was in the third row and you're just so close to him. It was like really having him in your house playing these songs for you. It was great. Had you not seen the first run? I'd only seen it on Netflix. Okay. Okay. Yep. So you kind of knew a little bit what was coming on. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I sort of, I sort of only half watched it on Netflix. I had people were around, uh, okay. it was kind of on, but I wasn't focused on it. Cause I always knew if like, if he plays that again, I'm going to go see it. Okay. <laughs> right. Very nice. Yeah. Good. Um, so it's I, what I love the idea is I um when I was able to go on the first Broadway run lucky enough and um I had heard a few people talk about that there were some poorly behaved people around them mm-hmm. and so I was sitting there and I I was like um trying to be real subtle but like ah oh, so we're all going to be quiet, right? <laughs> you know. <laughs> and the guy next to me says, "I think the only sound you're going to hear is me crying." Yeah. <laughs> and I said, "Well, I think that'll be all of us." I said, "So yeah. I think that that's forgiven." Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, absolutely, that that's that's great. Um, yeah. um, any other stories from shows that you want to share? Anything stands yeah. out from you from Broadway? Any uh, couple for, of highlights that really spoke to you? I think the, the song he played for his mother uh, was just so beautiful. Um, I wish. 
you know, it's hard. It's hard for me to talk about that so much. It makes me think about, even though my mother is fine and she's not suffering from Alzheimer's or anything, but it just makes me think about how much I love my mom, you know, and it's just how precious they are. And um, it's just one of the greatest moments I've ever seen in a concert where just the whole theater is crying, but feeling joy at the same time. Such an amazing, amazing thing. Um, that really sticks out to me. And I think maybe um, the first time I heard Born to Run Live, um, was like, it's really hard to describe for anybody who hasn't, um, even if you're not a casual Bruce Springsteen fan, just the energy, uh, of the room when he plays that song with the E street band is just, I mean, I just wish everybody could experience that one time, you know, whether you're a fan or not, it's an amazing thing. Um, it just sums up the thoughts that every, I think young man has at some point in their life. And then you hear, the band play it so well and you experience that and it's just goosebumps. It's just, it's an amazing thing. You know, Chris, I, I often bring that up. Um, one of my best friends, Sam will always say, you know, does he have to play born to run? I mean, don't, wouldn't you rather hear, you know, something from tracks or, you know, something a obscure from, you know, uh, from Ghost to Tom Joad or, you know, something um, else. And I said, but Sam, someone is seeing Bruce for the first time. Right. And if you go to see Bruce Springsteen live for the first time, you're going to be disappointed. You don't hear to Born to Run. Because I know a couple people who went to the second Broadway run who had never seen before. I had two people join me. And they were, they both loved the show. I mean, but they said there was this little bitty sadness that the first time I'm seeing Bruce and I'm not hearing Born to Run. So I think yeah. you're right. I think you're spot on. I, I had heard that he'd switched it out on the Broadway show. Yeah. And I've been lucky to see it live with the E Street Band. So I was right. really, I was kind of uh, a-okay with it. I was yeah, like, sure. Because yeah, you're getting, you know, I'll see you in my dreams. Like, yeah. okay, this is a good swap. This is a good switch. And it really uh, seemed to fit the moment of the show oh, much more yeah. eloquently than Born to Run. Like, I'll listen to Born to Run at any time for any reason. Absolutely, but it, yes. It really fit the vibe of the show, I think. Yeah. So, and I think for anybody who gets to see Bruce, you can do, if you can see Born to Run live with the E Street Band, like, that's like, that's the straight dope right there. That's the way you want to see it. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. And there is something about that when the lights go on and, and mm -hmm. you know, you're all screaming your heads off and yelling. The first time I went to see him was the rising tour. And um, my wife knew no songs. Uh, she mm -hmm. knew working on the highway and that was it. Right. Like he did, you know, and um, and of course, born to run, which she doesn't like. And, She's like, did you enjoy the show? And I said, Linda, if I had walked in, he played Born to Run and he'd like, good night, I would have been happy. Right. Yeah. Like, like, check off the bot list. I got to see Bruce live. So, yeah, no, no problem whatsoever. Yeah. 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 Uh, did you do anything else in New York besides Bruce or did, was it a fly in, see Bruce and then come back? Yeah, I was there for two, uh, three days, two nights. Uh, okay. I hadn't been to New York City for fun, and boy, it had been a while. Oh, uh, wow. so the last time I was there, and I saw him, uh, I was there for a week, and I happened to see him on the Seeger Sessions tour at Madison. Oh, Park. nice. Um, but anyway, so when I was there this time, I went, you know, I saw the High Line, which I hadn't walked that before. I went, 
I always do a, uh, like cruise on the East river, uh, in the Hudson and just look at the skyline. It's like my favorite part is just yeah. looking at the skyline in New York city. Um, and then just walks, walked all over, like I walked all over the city, just ate food and kept walking. So it was, yeah. it was, it was great. It was a quick trip, but it was wonderful. Oh, that sounds good. That sounds good. You kind of talked about the rising. You talked about other thing. Are there other albums, songs that mean a lot to you that, that have a special meaning to you? Maybe yeah. because you, yeah. Yeah. I could think, you know, I was just kind of thinking on this a little bit today. Uh, you know, so I live in Minneapolis and I'm about three blocks North of the third precinct, uh, okay. which is where it was kind of the epicenter of our kind of civil unrest uh, about a year and a half ago. Mm. with the murder of George Floyd. And it was, it was quite a, um, it was a really hard time for our city. Um, you know, let alone the, <clears throat> there was, it was chaos, of course, but everyone was just a sense of heartbreak. You know, uh, there's so much destruction. Um, nobody really knew what was going to come next, you know, as far as, you know, is our city going to heal or is it going to con- continue to just degrade or what's going to happen? It's a very strange time when the National Guard are, you know, they're staging right across the street from your house in the park. It's it's a weird deal. Oh, yeah, it's got to be. Yeah. And, I, you know, the the third night after I think the height of it, uh, my girlfriend and I walked up to Lake Street and where a lot of this had taken place right across the street from the third precinct that I burnt. And, um, you know, it was heartbreaking and came home. And the, one of the first songs I listened to is My City of Ruins. And uh, that song it's just so powerful for so many different reasons. And I, you know, I've read, I read it was originally written for, you know, his hometown um, and later was made, you know, cause it's, it's a perfect fitting song for 9-11. But I also remember listening to it around the time of, you know, when Katrina happened and I was listening to when there was a tragedy in my city. Um, those, that song itself, well, I don't listen to it that often, but I do listen to it when something terrible has happened in a place that I really love. <laughs> whether it's New York or New Orleans or my hometown of Minneapolis. Um, I think it's just an amazing, amazing song. And I, um, I don't know. That's the song that always comes to mind is I think is <clears throat> what's the most meaningful Bruce Springsteen song. Uh, to me, it's that song. You know, always it's there when I need it. Uh, yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, have you, have you seen the, the uh, piano player and the violinist in a church do a version. No, no, I will. I will send you the link. It's on YouTube. And uh, once again, to talk about Chris, that is one of his favorite versions. It is just, it, it, it truly, I think of it as a hymn anyway, but to hear that it's, it it looks like a, either a Episcopal or Catholic church and that, grand piano and everything is beautiful i'll send you the link uh yeah i I think that's and it it's such a powerful song and you're right the like there's so many not just bruce other great musicians but that song you know can be about new orleans right about Mm -hmm. 9-11 about you know just this i know i had a guy on um last year who um the first time that bruce had paid northern ireland and he he played my city in ruins Mm -hmm. 
And and the guy was just crying because of all the strife and all the troubles there in Ireland that, you know, so, um, you know, same thing for America's skin, like 41 shots, like Mm -hmm. how many just different ways you can talk about the violence and the fear of if you're a good police officer, which I believe most of them are, that that fear of if I make a mistake, oh, my goodness. But at the same time, I, I can't make a mistake. I've got to. What you know, what do we do that? So, yeah, very, very powerful stuff. Right. And um, and I you know, it it's got to be surreal to be that close to this that the whole world is talking about yeah it was a wild time i i um i wouldn't wish it upon anybody but i do feel grateful that i had the opportunity to go through like something go through something like that uh in the you know in my community yeah um it's you know time will time will tell how everything shakes out but for the most part it's really made the way i feel it's it's made our community stronger Good. Um, made us ask a lot of hard questions of each other. Um, there's even a citywide election today that, you know, is really kind of called a lot of things to, um, to the carpet and, you know, the city's going to make some decisions. And um, so we'll see what happens. I, I don't know. It, it is really weird to be at the epicenter of, and just really be at the focus of what the world is talking about, you know, living yeah. three, you know, less than a mile away from where it happened. <laughs> I mean, that's so close. It's crazy. Yeah. 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 Um, to hopefully happier news, yeah. <laughs> um, talk about Seeger sit, uh, the Seeger sessions at Madison Square Gardens. That must have been just an amazing show. It was a party. It was yeah. really a party. I'd never been to Madison Square Garden before. <clears throat> so it's on Chris's wish list, right? He'd yeah, love yeah, to yeah. see the Mavericks play there. He'd love to see Bruce play there, right? Yeah. Well, he's, sure, yeah. Sure. yeah. Yeah. So it was my first time in New York City, and it, it just happened to coincide with when bruce was playing there that was just total happenstance which was i felt so lucky yes um so got tickets spent way too much on them (laughs) yeah and um it was great it was really really great um you know i had seen a lot of by then i was really into bruce so you know i was expecting every performance on tv um seeing as much of him as i possibly could um and uh i just i loved that band and i loved that record um a lot of people maybe didn't, but I just thought it was such a cool idea. And the way that the arrangements of the songs were really, really great. And I was playing in a band at the time. And I remember trying to get them to play some of these songs. And that was not, Yeah, <laughs> they were not going to have it. <laughs> right. They liked Pete Seeger and they liked Bruce Springsteen, but they were not going to play those songs at yes. the bars that we were playing at. <laughs> <laughs> um, but seeing him in Madison Square Garden, it was great. And I, yeah. I, I still would love to see him uh, with the E Street Band there, but um, that's a pretty rare experience, I think. So, mm-hmm. and those concerts, there's recently some uh, videos I saw on YouTube of f- for him at uh, Jazz Fest in New Orleans playing those shows. Man, that band was so tight and so good, and those arrangements were so unique and cool. Um, I, I just think it's a great record. I loved it. And that show was awesome. Yeah, my. The Sam, who I was just talking about a few minutes ago, said that going to the Seeger sessions was as close to a religious experience as he's ever had. <laughs> he was he was raised, um, as he said, Jewish. 
Yeah. <laughs> so they, you know, they were, they were, they did not spend a lot of time there. And so he said it was, it was just something amazing for him. So mm-hmm. uh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the latest two, uh, Letter to You and Western Stars. Chris, what, what are your thoughts about them? I have not listened to the, I've listened to all of Western stars. I have not listened to letter to you in its entirety. Um, and I think I'm saving them. I'm not exactly sure why. Um, Western stars. I didn't, it hasn't gripped me yet. Um, and okay. it's with all Bruce records. I gotta, if I don't get into them right away, I gotta come back to them at some point. Um, and with letter to you, it just, it hasn't been a, a huge, huge, record for me yet okay. although see you in my dreams uh when i when he played that uh at broadway i was like okay i need to give this record a shot <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah and have you seen the star uh, have you seen the film western stars uh not all of it i've seen bits okay. and pieces okay yep. um i think that's worth um i think worth putting that on you know getting your popcorn and your favorite adult beverage and 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 enjoying it i think you it, I've had people who are not Bruce Springsteen fans tell me they were glad they saw that the film, it, it was good to them. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do. I have both vinyls. They're here. And yeah. uh, it's very soon to be wintertime in Minnesota. Oh, okay. Yes. So when it happens, people don't really leave their house for a good four to six months, depending on how bad the winter is. Yes. So, so I am certain that I will get around to it. <laughs> um, you know, I've always lived in the South. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I get a kick out of that thinking of, you know, living up north, right? Um, we're down to, uh, you know, a fourth of the jug of milk. We better get milk, right? We, yeah. we like, like you, you can't like, oh, I've got under a half a tank of gas. I should go ahead and get gas, right? Like, right, like right, right. Uh, because it's, you know, it's always mild here in Dallas. Right. So yeah, I can imagine that's like, uh, yeah, we want to, you know, let's, let's stay, let's stay bundled up and let's not have to get out if we don't need to. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, unfortunately living here in the city, we still, you know, we can go out whenever, but you know, sure. growing, up, growing up, we would stockpile. Oh, I imagine. Oh my gosh. You know, we lived outside of town. Uh, so, you know, you go to town and get groceries, you get them for the month. Yes. <laughs> and they last the entire month. You know? What kind of farm? Uh, so we had uh, land and livestock, mostly hogs, and then okay. um, a little bit of cattle. And then my grandfather and my mom's side did dairy, but I didn't have a ton. I didn't have a ton of exposure to dairy. Thank goodness. That's a lot of getting up early. So my grandfather owned a dairy farm in okay. Rose Pine, Louisiana. Uh, yeah. and so my mother's uh, father. And yes, I would not ever help grandpa in the mornings because that was just way too early. I mean, oh. way too early. And, and we'd always ask like, OK, why couldn't you just like train the cows like, OK, we're going to do 10 a.m. you know, or 9 a.m. And then but I get because the whole idea is it's got to be 12 hours. So you don't want to okay. be milking at eight or nine o'clock at night. Right. But uh, yeah. And um, and grandpa went to bed pretty early. Grandpa had a nap and he went to bed pretty early. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. but there yeah. <laughs> uh, I can remember that. Um, so. A couple questions for the future. Sure. Um, Chris. Uh, we all are hoping that he's going to tour in 2022. Yeah. 
what kind of tour do you think we get? Are we going to get a greatest hits tour? Do you think he's going to be heavy on, you know, letter to you? Do you think he'll do any Western stars? Do you think he'll do a kind of career retrospective? What, what, what are your gut reaction of what do you think he's going to do and what do you want him to do? Yeah. Well, you know, I have a feeling that he's going to do kind of a career retrospective and he'll grab a little bit of this and a little bit of that. I think, some of the um uh some of the staples will be there you know like badlands born to run that type of stuff always be there i'm hopeful that he continues to play his newer stuff um yeah play some stuff off western stars even working on a dream play those songs there's some yeah i would i would love to hear outlaw p live i think it's a great song well and you know, I, I said this, I used to ask this early in my career when I first started doing this, right, is, and, and I had a guy, like, he said he would be happy with a show that um, was darkness, no, he did no songs past darkness, it's all darkness back to, you know, um, incident yeah. greetings, right, yeah. and I said, and I would be happy with a tunnel to love going forward, <laughs> right? Like, like I would be okay just yeah. uh, because you would hear so many songs you don't normally get to hear. Right. right. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, that'll be cool. I think that's good. Um, you already kind of answered one of these outlaw Pete, but what other songs are you chasing what other songs would you love to hear live that you haven't gotten a chance to hear yet that i haven't had a chance to hear yet um it was the e street shuffle was for the longest time was a song but he played it okay. one of the, the second to last time i saw him here in st paul okay um i did get the chance to see the river tour so i got to hear the entire you know the river in its entirety yes. it was really really cool that checked off a lot of people's boxes yeah. when he did that yes there's a lot of songs in there i wanted to hear um, I I haven't heard the band do Candy's Room live. Darkness on the Edge of Town is my favorite record. Okay, um, and it's the one I can always go back to and listen to over and over again. Um, I think it's for me. It feels like the most moody, if that makes sense. Sure, Aside no. from like uh, Nebraska, which is right. You know, that's like too dark. That's like whiskey. I can't drink that every night. You know. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, I get that. Uh, um, but uh, I I think it's Candy's Room is what I'd like to hear live. I love okay. that song on the record. It's so um. You know, it's just so unique and how the band plays it and how the hi-hat drives it, drives yeah. the first verse and the piano. There aren't a lot of songs like that. Um, I don't know if it would sound as good live these days, uh, but I'd still love to hear that, it. Okay, good. Yeah. Any others that are on your list? Candy's Room is the biggest one, I think. Um, you know, there was a, a, a hidden song at the end of Magic called uh, "Broke the or Terry's Song. Yeah. I love that song. I think it's an amazing, amazing tune. It really is. Alive. I don't know if it's well known enough for everyone to get, but if Bruce ever feels like playing it, I hope he sure does. It's a great yeah, tune. I think that's a great song. I think it's yeah. it's a wonderful song. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, very, very cool. Um, so, Chris, is I always ask this, and partly because um, I had a guy on the show three, four years ago, we, we ended the interview. I, I turned off the recording and I thanked him for being on there. And he said, the next, he said, oh, well, next time I'm on there, I should tell you about the time I got drunk with the E Street Band. What? 
what how, how you're on a Bruce Springsteen podcast how do you not lead with that story yeah, that's the first story <laughs> right that's the first story right so um is there anything I should have asked you Chris that I haven't <laughs> Oh gosh, you know there'll be things I think of tomorrow, but right. I, I have not had, I've not met Bruce, nor have I had a drink with the E Street Band, and I, okay. I certainly I would have led with those two things. Okay, <laughs> very good. I didn't know you didn't, uh, you didn't get to make a book signing or anything. Nope, 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 mm-hmm. nope, not yet. One not yet. Fingers crossed. Very yeah. good. Yep. Good. All right. Well, if you are a friend of Chris's and you're listening to this podcast, first off, thank you for listening your your friend did great uh so but i end every podcast with the mary question and so what that is for those who this is your first time listening uh jay armstrong who is a retired english teacher in the philadelphia area when he was teaching he would spend two days in his honors english class breaking apart thunder road his class would go through all the lyrics They would talk about the imagery Bruce uses. They would talk about his choice of words. They would talk about themes. They would compare it to Robert Frost, The Road Not Taken, and other modern classics. And then at the end of the two days, Jay looks at his class and says, does Mary get in the car? So, Chris, that is your question. Does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? Absolutely. I think she does. And I I mean, Bruce was uh, so cool. If it's Bruce is the character at that point, then... Right. I can't believe anybody wouldn't. Okay. Um, telling a story so poetically. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think she gets in the car. I don't know if it works out after that, but I think they give it a good go. They at least try. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Very good. Good answer, sir. Uh, any final thoughts? Anything you want to share with the listeners? Uh, no, none. Just uh, thank you for having me on. I think it's so cool that you're doing this. Um, I'm excited to go back and, and see all these podcasts. Um, I, I just think it's like a really, really cool idea. And I know there's so many passionate stories of Bruce fans uh, from Bruce fans. And I know people love him for all sorts of different reasons. So I'm excited to uh, go back and watch them. And I hope you keep making them. I think this is just a cool idea. Well, thank you, Chris. I really appreciate it. Um, it is it is truly a labor of love. Um it was funny. The guy before um, said, so how long have you been doing this? I like six years. What? <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, he says, damn, I got a lot of podcasts to listen to. So, yeah. Well, uh, thank you, Chris. Um, are you on social media at all? If someone wants uh, to reach I'm, you? I'm slowly but surely trying to get myself off of social media. So no, no tags or handles to promote. <laughs> okay. Very nice. Um, I understand that. I, I am still debating. Twitter is what I use mostly to promote the podcast, but I still do a little bit of Facebook and I am seriously thinking about, just getting off Facebook. Yeah, you know? me too. It's hard to kick though. I, I'm on it yeah. for like groups and stuff on there. Exactly. And, right. Yeah. Uh, and you know. So yeah. And then, and you know, and I still get people because I'll post something, you know, someone will go, Oh, wow. You do a podcast. I, you know, Hey, I've been a fan for 30 years, you know, or right. I, I, I was, you know, I remember seeing him at my college when, you know, there were only, 40 people in the audience. I'm like, okay, let's get in. Um, I, 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 I wish I could remember the guest name, but um, he saw Bruce the same time period where um, Landau did 
not he wasn't at that show where I've seen the future of rock and roll, but that time period, right? Oh wow. wow and wow. he he looked to his date at the time and said, This is something we will tell our kids about. You know, yeah. this what you know, this is what um we will be talking about this night year. And he says, You know what bothers me, Jesse, is there were other like three or four years before that he was touring and I didn't know, and I didn't see him. Yeah. And I said, you know, I have that feeling. Cause I didn't see him my first show till 2002. I'm talking about all that. I said, damn it. You saw him in 75 and you're right. saying you wish you could have seen him more. I said, so it doesn't matter when you discover him. You're, you're always wanting more. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's so funny right around that time period that, um, I thought he was so energetic and amazing when I saw him in the rising tour, but then yeah. when like live at the Hammersmith Odeon was released in that video. Yeah. I was like, this is the coolest dude. He's, he's been cool for so long. Well, yeah. I don't know if you yeah. saw him on uh, late night, you know, uh, this past week, um, but he, Oh yeah. 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 On, he uh, put, yeah. Yeah, he played the little clip when he's, I'm 30, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, you know, and then, Bruce is like, wow, little did I know. Now I'm 72 and I'm still doing this. Yeah. So that's pretty great. Yeah, I can't um, wait to see that show too. That's oh, really yeah, cool. I'm really looking forward to that's, that. That's that's like peak, uh, those, that's right around the end, right after darkness, before the river, I believe. Yeah. And that's prime Springsteen for me. I think you could make the argument that... Um, it's close to right the height of their i mean obviously the born in the usa tour was the biggest level but at that point you know it it seems to be you know vintage classic springsteen so i'm really looking forward yeah. to the film i think it's going to be great i think it's i think it's wonderful that zimini is going to put that together so absolutely yeah. Yeah. um well chris you're welcome anytime Oh, thank you. So just email me, you know, send me a note saying, hey, Jesse, um, I came up with this idea. Let's just talk some more. And uh, who knows, maybe after they announce tour dates, you know, we can have you on and we'll speculate about, you know, our plan on when we're going to go and see. And hopefully yeah. we'll figure out a show that we can see each other. Um, you know, I, I would love to. um you know, because I have had all these episodes, I would, I would love to be able to go to a couple of shows and go. Okay, we're all meeting at X bar. Oh, that'd be Every, so fun! You know, everyone, let's come and let's hit the recorder and let's do a pregame. You know, a tailgating for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be a good time. <laughs> all right, Chris. Thank you, listeners. You please go get vaccinated. Go stay safe. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. Do what needs to be done. Let's all be good to each other because that's the only way we're going to do this. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, listeners. And we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation. And I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlessingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter, at SetLustingBruce, and my personal Twitter is at DFW. We have a website, www.SetLustingBruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts, as well as other music-themed podcasts. 
We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Lessing Brew shirts, as well as a Merry Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash, and right now who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, said Listening Bruce. The theme for Set Lessing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.